Hello, I'm Freddie Martin, and welcome to a new episode of the Economics in Business podcast. Today, we're looking again at behavioural economics, and more specifically, behavioural segmentation, and how it can transform the way businesses operate and deliver customer value. This podcast is a follow-up to a previous podcast of ours, episode eight, titled, How Can Companies Benefit from Behavioural Economics? So we would recommend going back and giving that one a listen to brush up on the basics first. We put a link in the description of the episode, or you can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Now, back to today, to talk about behavioural segmentation, we're joined in the virtual studio by Suresh Nasarajan, the lead of our behavioural economics practice in the UK and Europe, and a special guest speaker, Brian Wall, Director of Retention at Sage US. Sage is a multinational enterprise software company on the FTSE 100, and has recently completed some relevant work with the PwC team. Welcome to you both. Hey, nice to be here. Hi, thank you for having me. Great. So Suresh, it's great to have you back on the podcast. Um, and I think in that previous episode, you go into a lot of detail about what is behavioural economics, what we can do with it. So just now, it'd be nice to know and understand why is it important to be talking about behavioural economics now? Thanks, Freddie. Um, so I think pretty much everyone who's listening to this podcast has heard of nudging and behavioural economics before. So it's i'm not going to prove the point that it's important to to those who've already heard about it but it's been around for a while right and it's you know increasingly used by the organizations that we think are successful so the google amazon facebook's of the world they're using all the data they have with behavioral techniques to drive different kinds of behavior and increasingly approaches like behavioral segmentation and micro targeting are being used to drive that business and customer value so for for better or worse is being used right now and it's proven to be powerful but we need to make sure we use it carefully. Okay, so thanks for giving that useful context on behavioral economics as a whole. But today we're discussing behavioral segmentation specifically. So what exactly is behavioral segmentation? Can you give us a, a brief explainer? Yeah, I'll, I'll avoid the long-winded academic answer. Um, so it's, it's what it says on the tin, right? It's about behaviors rather than just about you know, demographic attitudes. So most organizations they'll hear segmentation and they'll have in their mind what we call customer segmentation which is really backwards looking it describes who someone is is based on the features that are observable of who they are behavioral segmentation is more about their behaviors so what is it that they do what is the information that you can gather from the way they interact with you and how can you use that to drive a different type of segmentation that allows for a different series of levers and tools that changes their behavior so customer segmentation helps you understand who they are but doesn't help you to change who they are behavioral segmentation describes their behaviors and helps you to focus on the kinds of things that will change their behaviors in the future so it's really looking at the kinds of things around you know how much they know what do they think how do they do things or their response to a product or service and those segments from there allow for a much more effective use of tools such as nudging and process change. Okay, so that sounds quite intuitive, really, as you say, it's sort of segmenting people on behaviors, not other attributes. So could you go into a bit more of the detail about exactly what behavioral segmentation brings for businesses, but also to their customers as well? So we've got loads of information about our customers and we need to use that to prioritize, personalize and target our customers in a more effective way. So. When you have a behavioral segmentation model, we looked at all this types of information around you know, how often the customer is using the service, how many tickets they're raising, and you know, how, how much of a, a satisfaction are they getting from it, what is their 
patterns of usage, patterns of behavior. We take those and we create loads of different segments like you know, a dissatisfied user, a value sensitive user, procrastinator, a dormant user, etc. And we use that information to help you know, unlock specific strategies for each of those groups. So a dormant customer, someone who's not using it, hasn't used it for a while, aren't getting as much value from Sage as they should be. That's a problem. We can identify that based on their usage patterns nine months ahead of the time that they might make their next sort of purchase decision. We use that in a timely way, change their likelihood of you know, you know, improving their usage, improving their access, improving the value that they get. That increases satisfaction in the short term, that increases usage in the medium term, and that increase, increases their, you know, their willingness to stay with Sage and their willingness to, to use these kind of products in the future in the long term. That's the kind of power that you know, we can predict nine months ahead of time when normally you, know, you might be firefighting and say, why don't our customers like us when it comes to a renewal, when instead we can focus on the root causes based on the behaviors that we see. So from there, we can then you know, put a suite of different nudges alongside the processes, alongside the communications that really target those customers in different ways. So the kind of customer who might be a procrastinator who needs a very different kind of thing, all about increasing their speed of response, speed of access. And you know, you're focusing on messaging for them about how much time do they unlock and get to you know, respend in other ways as a result of being with Sage and because that's what's valuable to them. And that's very different to someone who we might consider a value sensitive customer, for them, value is more about the dollar sign. How do they make sure that every dollar that they spend is going to be worth it for them? And for them, it's really about trying to make the message about how does this unlock the, you know, the, the critical enabling activities to, to running their business? You know, what are the benefits that they can that they gain from being a customer that we should be highlighting? And those are a different set of tools, a different set of nudges that can only be unlocked by having a better sense of who those uh, customers are and the behaviors that would likely be receptive to the techniques that we have. So from there, we then apply a load of different things around battle cards, talk tracks, making conversations more effective, making those nudges in every single critical part of the journey that they have. So whilst, whilst you know, no simple thing is changing, every small process, every small interaction they have with Sage throughout the entire journey that they have is a little bit better, a little bit more effective, and collectively a lot more powerful. So it seems like that's a real win-win where you know you're using types of data that's not been used uh, in that way before in order to center the customer experience and the customer wins but then through that drive growth and value. I think that's been a really interesting introduction to behavioral segmentation in theory but Brian, given that you work with the actual team, could you talk to us a bit more about how this works in practice? And also, thank you very much for joining us today. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Freddie. I'm glad to be here. And I absolutely love to talk to you about it. So at Sage, we have a customer for life team, C4L, our retention. Um, and that places customer experiences as the focus of everything we do. Um, we're always looking for ways to innovate and give our customers a personalized experience that reflects who they are as a business and what they need from us from Sage. Now, if we do this well, uh, our customers will trust us more, uh, they'll value the partnership with Sage, and they'll remain customers for life. That's why my team gets measured on customer churn. So the better we serve our customers, the more likely they are to stay. So behavioral segmentation is one innovation that we thought could help us serve customers better. I mean, strategies are different, but we all want our customers to have a great experience, right? So in order to do that, though, we need to have a deeper understanding of our customers. So we had to decide 
how we needed to serve them differently. And then we had to scale that strategy from theory to reality quickly. So as a result, it would help us have better conversations with our customers and drive better outcomes for Sage and for the customer themselves. So let me give you an example, for instance, uh, if a sub team or department uh, at one of our customers aren't making the most out of the software they bought, that means potentially in three to six months time, they're going to be collectively feel like they're not getting the value for their investment. Knowing what might make them unhappy before they're unhappy is the key to the success of this program. Okay, so an easy problem to solve then. I mean, Suresh, faced with that challenge of, of knowing when people are unhappy before they know themselves, I mean, how did you go about to tackle that? Well, it, it's it's a number of different things, right? And so speaking to the stuff that Brian was saying, there's there's a whole load of data that we have about our customers. So you know, how often do they use the service? How many tickets that they've raised due to problems that they're facing? What kinds of users do they have? Do they have lots of users? Um, that use it a lot, or do they have like pockets of users who use it for for lots of activities, and some who don't use it for many at all? There's a whole you know, richness in the data that we have, and what we try to use all of that data to come to is is create this behavioral segmentation model that we that we use, effectively grouping those into those behavioral segments. So, you know, dissatisfied users, uh, value sensitive users, procrastinators, you know, customers who might be what we would call a dormant user. Uh, and all of that helps us to personalize, predict, and prioritize our efforts in how do we improve customer satisfaction for all those different types of segments. Um, so for example, a dormant user, you know, they weren't maybe fully utilizing the Sage product suite. And so we identified them by all of this information that suggests that they are you know, not using it as much as another customer might. They're not getting as much value potentially as a result. And if they weren't getting as much value and they weren't realizing the full potential of the product, you know, that's not going to help them and they're not, that's not going to help Sage when it comes to the time of renewal. They said, have I got good value for my money? Possibly not as well as I could have done. So getting that richness of data, making sure we're really identifying who those customers are way in advance can then change the kind of strategy to hold on to them. And we're looking at, you know, six months uh, in the future, nine months in the future and say, if we can change the behaviors now, it's going to take that much time to make those new kind of uh, improvements, new kind of usage patterns stick. And that will make their experience better and they'll get more for the, the money they've already paid and they're gonna love Sage in the process. So based on all of that, we can also then prioritize which of these groups we sort of target as well. So you know, nine minutes from down the line, you might wanna talk about dormant customers. In the last month, you're gonna really wanna focus on prioritized um, about uh, procrastinators. You know, or, or customers who might be more value sensitive. So we need to change the way that we, we work on them, given that you know they're gonna leave things at the last minute, they're gonna be, perhaps they might be you know, time poor. So the kind of things that we need to help them with is how does this unlock um, the time they need to run their business and how do we sort of take this as a, as a headache they no longer have to worry about. For a value sensitive customer, which you know, we've taken a few, lots of different information to get us there as well, this helps us to, to drive the kind of messaging and behavioral change techniques around how does this uh, serve as a critical enabler as, as software to the work that they do? You know, how do we highlight the benefits that they gain for them? And again, a whole series of different psychological techniques that's then better informed by knowing who they are, what they're most receptive to, and really driving home the value in a way that speaks to them rather than just a generic message for everyone. On top of that, those are all these sort of more automated processes. We then designed you know, battle cards or talk tracks about how do you know 
you know, ser service agents, customer satisfaction managers help improve the experience of the people that they speak to. So giving the, the right strategies to, to deal with these kind of customers to help you know, a company that with proactive messaging, a whole series and suite of nudges and process designs so that every single point of the customer journey is optimized incrementally just a little bit. And every conversation is made just a little bit sharper, a little bit faster and a little bit more tailored to the person that they're speaking to. All of those things combined together off the back of this behavioral segmentation data that really makes a big difference when you group them all together. Well, it's really interesting to hear sort of the different strategies that you have to target these customers. I think what I find particularly interesting about that is most of this is born of data that companies are already collecting themselves about when and how customers raise complaints and issues with a service, for example. So, I mean, Brian, with all that information, how did the project go? What was the impact of this for Sage? Well, it went very well, Freddie. Um, I mean, Sage already had a strong customer retention rate, but reducing churn by a further two to three percentage points, that was a huge success. Uh, one of the oldest questions in business, I guess, is how do you make a great team better? Well, for us, variable segmentation was the answer. Uh, keeping the customer at the center of everything we do was critical, but understanding our customers better before we spoke to them and knowing what would drive them to action, that was the plan. And I'll give you one amazing outcome was a double digit increase in percentage points converting first contact calls into committed renewals for future month. That was huge. I mean, knowing which customers to contact as a prioritized list based on the segmentation we were given was a key driver to our success. That's amazing. Those impacts are enormous. And I think... It's great to hear you be so enthusiastic about it, particularly because the types of interventions that are recommended by PwC, they don't seem like these huge transformational things of writing up battle cards and prioritizing which customers and so on. But, you know, the use of data and those new techniques means that you can have these enormous impacts without necessarily the same enormous level of investment. I think for me, whenever I hear about behavioral economics, that's always the power of behavioral economics knowing which small changes to make to really drive that value. I think that's exactly right, Freddie. And I think this is really showing how behavioral economics and the applications of it is evolving over time. You know, several years ago, people were just saying, let's sprinkle a few nudges and see what happens. And now it's using all of this data to drive a whole meaningful series of changes to, to drive some really powerful impacts at speed. Sadly, I think that's all that we have time for for this episode. But thank you so much to our wonderful guests, Suresh and Brian. It's been great having you on. I think it's clear that behavioural economics is only going to become more and more important for businesses going forward. So it's been really exciting to see the work going on in this area already. As mentioned at the top of the show, please check out the episode description for a link to our previous behavioural economics episode. There's also a link to the PwC behavioural economics site where you can learn more about how PwC helps clients use behavioural insights to improve decision-making and drive value. As always, if you like the podcast, please make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify to get notified of future episodes. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>